in a world in the year 2017 in a time of tradition in a city where anything can happen in a war that isn't his every day in new york city on the miami police force in the deep south What is up, everybody, and welcome back to Late Fees for a very special episode. I know we usually give you every other week. We've been pretty good on that all month. I got to say, I got to commend my co-host. I think this is our first full month of Late Fees. This, is, this, so this is an extra episode to full month, technically, too. Exactly. So we've done two in a week. We even have Eric here. Uh, we have Pat here. We have Dom here. We're gonna, we're gonna, I'm going to skip over all of the, the pleasantries. Because this is a bonus episode. It is secret jack-o'-lantern time with the boys. So as you guys know, last week we had a great show with the, uh, the hosts of Girl That's Scary. Shout out to Kat and Jazz once again. And we said that we would be passing on movies to each host. And today we've all watched the movies, correct? Everyone? Yep. Yes. I, I, I haven't seen everyone's movies, but I've watched my movie. Well, I made sure to make mine extra special. I'm I'm probably going to watch yours based on what I've heard. I may not watch uh, the one Dom picked based yeah. on what you guys have yeah, to probably say. Not. Uh, but I words for that. Uh, I, like I said last night, uh, I think I got to fight Dom now. <laughs> <laughs> That's just where he and I stand. Is <laughs> a is a fist fight. Of course, it's a secret jack o' lantern. Like our third year, I think, of us doing this. I think last year we didn't actually do it because we just didn't have, we, we didn't have the manpower to do it. But yeah, we, we brought it back this year. So glad to have you guys back for this and everyone listening as well. So let's just start this off. I've given all of you questions when you review these movies that you are to answer and then we will have banter afterwards. So this is going to go really quick, speed round. And these are, of course, movies that everyone listening, if it's Halloween, we're dropping this on Friday Day Before Halloween, if you want to go ahead and binge these movies, I think a lot of them are on free services. I'm not sure, but maybe the, the people that, uh, the, the hosts that have watched the movie, they can tell you where they watched it at and you can, you can watch it for Halloween or your movie marathon because your ass better not be outside this weekend. Let's just be clear. If I, see, <laughs> if I see any motherfucker at a party this weekend, it's over. We're not talking. At all. So, I'm going to start off with Dom. Uh, Dom, so just tell us your movie. I know you have the questions, and, and, and well, actually, I have the questions, and I ask you the questions, and then we'll, we'll just <laughs> riff that way. All right, cool. Go ahead. All right, so I had uh, Wreck from 2007, uh, which Pat gave me, and it's like a sort of a variation on the found footage horror thing, where like it follows this young TV reporter with her cameraman, and she's uh, embedded with this like fire department, and it's like kind of boring at first, you know, because it's like a boring job. And then they go on a call and when they go to answer the call, they discover that there's a person in a house that they thought is just sick, but that person is actually like infected with something and uh, starts sucking this cop's blood, sort of like a zombie vampire hybrid situation. And then uh, outside cops quarantine them into the building. This movie was later remade as the American film Quarantine. 
and they're all trapped with like a bunch of cops, a bunch of firefighters, a bunch of people living in the Spartan building, and there's something, you know, contagious, like killing them all. And uh, it was, I thought it was really cool. I thought it was like, uh, really, I don't like, I don't like stand footage horror movies in general. Like, I think it's like a really difficult uh, type of movie to do. And it's always very easy to fuck up. Because you watch a sound footage horror movie, and you get to the point where like, they give up on the conceit and start doing weird stuff because like the story can't move on with the original, you know, setup. And they did a really good job with this because like, you know, you have an ambitious reporter and a TV cameraman, so like they have to keep recording. Uh, and the times where they break the recording stuff is always like logical and like adds to the like the horror and like the suspense. And I thought it was pretty tight. I I feel like of of the four of us, I got like the most easy to watch, cool movie for me. I think everyone <laughs> got screwed. I, I haven't I haven't seen your movie, Dom, and I can go ahead and agree agree with that sentiment. <laughs> like so, I got off really easy. Dom, uh, what was the best part about Wreck? I think the best part, honestly, without spoiling the ending, is like the last 10 or 15 minutes is really strong. Like there's a really, really cool like night vision sequence. It's probably the best night vision sequence I've seen since like Silence of the Lambs. And it was like genuinely like fucked up and unsettling. Like I felt like there was a very strong progression to the last few minutes uh, that a lot of these movies can't pull off. They usually peak really early and then you're just kind of waiting for the end. It's really fucked up. Like I, it also, you don't see it, like you assume there's going to be something, but the, like the, the specific unsettlingness of it is like really unique. I was like, oh, okay. Yeah. Really kind of was not anticipating it to actually be good. Okay, so what was the worst part of Wreck, in your opinion? If there's no worst part, uh, just say that we can we can move we can move forward. I would say the worst part of the movie is like there's a bit of there's a bit in the middle where where like two things happen that I think are really shitty, and one is that like the characters immediately jump to the conclusion that some crazy supernatural fuckery is afoot. Like the minute <laughs> the lady starts, like when you're watching the scene, the lady biting the cop could just be a crazy person. But yeah. they immediately are like, something is wrong here. Like, this is, this. you know, like, it could just be a nutty lady. Like, they exist. And then, like, the, as a result, the section in the middle of them, like, acclimating to being stuck in there and trying to escape is very, it gets kind of boring because they already went to, like, DEFCON 1 immediately at the turn. So later, like, there's a little bit of a lull where they don't know how to keep the tension kind of going. But then it picks back up later. So, but that's, to me, like, the worst part, if I had to pick one. All right. So... Will you keep this in your collection? Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah, totally. Really, really fun movie. Dom, Dom I got a quick question. That is honestly for everybody, just to wrap it, that segment up. What is it about these... Every time there's an American remake that I don't know is a remake like Quarantine, like, what is it about... What, what's the origin, the home origin of this one, you said? I think Spanish. it's Spain. Yeah, Spanish. Spanish. Yeah. <laughs> what is it about, like, the... It is Spanish. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, what what is, what is it about like the European sensibility that makes these movies, or or even Japanese at times, a, a Asian sensibility that makes these movies so much scarier before they come? I mean, Quarantine was pretty fucking scary for an American remake, but I I I know it probably didn't age well, but I saw Quarantine in the theaters when it came out a long time ago, and I thought it I thought it whipped ass. I thought it was really good. I haven't seen it since, but at the time, it it was it was ripping for me. Yeah, totally. If you just did, like, the problem is that you should just do what the Funny Games guy did and just do not change a single thing. Don't change anything. Uh, and it's not quite the question you just asked, but I just watched basically back-to-back for the first time both Wicker Men movies. And if it had just been Nick Cage doing the exact script from the first one, it would be so cool. And instead they, like, tried to modernize it and add, like, a romance to it and, like, they just make them dumber, kind of. 
like they don't think the audience is as smart as they probably are. And as a result, the audiences get dumber. There's something about foreign films in general. I don't mean like the original like Spanish culture, Japanese film culture, anything like that, but it's just foreign films, period. When you're watching a foreign film, you can really forgive a lot of things with writing and dialogue because you're not hearing it in your own, vo in your own language. So you're reading subtitles while someone's mouth is moving and the performance just seems better because nothing sounds inaccurate to you. Nothing sounds like deaf or like weird. It's just like, oh, I'm reading this dialogue. I assume anything about it that's not interesting is in the translation and it's just cool. Whereas you're watching an American horror movie, a lot of them are very badly written and it's obvious they're badly written because you speak that language. And you're like, no one talks like that, that's stupid. In Rick, I was just like, oh, I don't know what the fuck, I mean, this, I can, I make out some of the cognates and I know what Ayuda may means, but like, sure, you know? <laughs> yeah, like we don't even know in these, in these, um foreign movies if the acting is good like the uh, La Llorona movie that was on Shutter that got rave reviews I thought it was amazing as well it's better than the American version the curse uh, of La Llorona yeah but like the one on on Shutter was really good and, and you know like I was just like is he acting good or am I just like what are the standards like I, I think a lot of in, in America we don't even know what the standards are to these movies so it's like it could be a yeah. great greatly acting movie it could be terrible but like like Dom said we're literally just reading words so we really don't know yeah um dom what do you have to say to pat for for the, you probably have the the least yeah no thank you thank you for like a cool <laughs> movie right? like this is the only transaction this episode that's just like oh thanks nice <laughs> <laughs> okay you're so welcome next up i'm gonna i'm gonna go to eric i'm gonna go to eric eric uh tell, tell us what your movie was <clears throat> i wish i could <laughs> uh i mean it I'll get to why it defies description in a bit, but it's a movie called Blood Diner, directed by Jackie Kong in 1987. And what I thought, based on the very funny and silly trailer that Justin sent me, I truly thought it was going to be just like a, a movie about like a diner run by like an evil possessed chef that maybe chops up people and eats them. That's the That's the the vibe, the kind of silly, very 1980s style trailer gives off. Uh, much to my surprise and chagrin, <laughs> uh, um, it turns out it's about two nephews who are trying to carry on the legacy of their occult uncle. Wait, hang on. This is literally an uncle-nephew movie? It's, a, it's the most <laughs> uncle movie I've ever seen. That's insane. Okay, yeah. this is awesome. Big uncle energy in this. Um, they're trying to continue the This is in a swing state. Yeah, life's work of their occult sort of um, maddeningly possessed uncle who had a mission to reconstruct using the limbs of women to build a uh, like a Hindu sex warrior goddess uh, named Shitar. Um, you literally using the limbs of like virgins and other women that they mutilate and kill. Um, so they create a diner that they feed human remains to people. They have no idea. And in the meantime, they dismember women to build this like possessed uh, hit, uh, goddess warrior. Hitar. Uh, Hitar, from, Hitar from the dead. I hope that makes sense. This is just like that, Michael Clayton. That was, <laughs> that was perfect. I think more perfect than that is what you will possibly say to this next question. What was the best part about this movie? I, I mean, again, it's my, I, I will sell it short no matter what, because you can't possibly imagine how surreal and absurdist this thing gets. It, 
uh, I did a little recon on Jackie Kong, the director, and she comes from the comedy world and it, it shows here because it is one of the funnier movies I've ever seen. And because it's so obscene and so violent and so wet and gory. Um, I would say, I mean, the kills are great. Uh, there's, there's a scene for no reason only to establish that one of the girls is a virgin. So she's going to be the main kill at the end or the main prize of the two nephews who won't need to sacrifice her to bring this um, spirit back to life. She gets invited by her, I'm using air quotes here, slutty friends to do a nude aerobics scene. And then they go, they cut to the nude aerobics class. And then what's the timestamp on this? 1987. <laughs> No, no I, it's, it, I think it's about 20 minutes into the movie that you see this. Oh, oh okay. Yeah. Oh, God. No, no, it's like eight minutes. It's like eight minutes. It, it, it picks up as if you know that this is normal and, and, and an okay plot. I like a movie that assumes the intelligence of its audience. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, so during this nudie workout scene, the two nephews with Ronald Reagan masks. Yes. Storm, storm the nude class and, and shoot all the women and then come back and saw their body parts off while – their uncle who they've reanimated is just a brain in a jar. Yeah. I love a brain in a jar situation. Uh, Dom's face right now is like, what the fuck? <laughs> but like, and it, but it's like, it's like a, it's almost like Futurama. It's like, he has like a, like a, um, Bobcat Goldwaith kind of voice. He's like, Get, like, he's like horny. And he's talking about how hot these girls are like cut them up boys. Yeah. It's like, and like his, he has eyes on the brain. I, Again, if I sound insane explaining this, try watching this movie. Oh, it's so great this is an uncle movie. It is the perfect – and the reason I picked it, it was the perfect allegory for our current political state. And <laughs> I think – Yeah, there, there, there is an odd amount of Hitler iconography in this movie. Uh, there's this, like, random B-plot where one of the, the – in between their crazed killings of trying to reanimate this spirit sex goddess – uh, for world domination, I think I, I don't know what their end mean end game is. You can't spoil it. Don't spoil it. Don't spoil uh, it. There is there is a little storyline where one of the guys is a, an avid wrestling fan, so he has to wrestle a guy named Jimmy Hitler, who <laughs> who is a a blonde buff guy with a Hitler mustache. Can you guys see why I chose this? For what color is yeah. the Hitler mustache? Is the Hitler? Yeah, it's it's the actual Hitler mustache. Okay, so it's not blonde. No, he looks like uh, Howie Long, but he has like a. <laughs> You know, a Hitler mustache. Um, yeah, it, it, it's the most batshit movie I've ever seen. So, Eric, what is, and there better not be an answer. What is the worst part about this movie? The worst part winds up being another best part where <laughs> the entire thing seems ADR. Like, it seems dubbed <laughs> over. It's an American English movie, but none of the voices match the people who are talking. And so, like, it creates this very, very heightened anxiety ridden sort of uh, tone and atmosphere where like it cuts to a guy who's always at the, the restaurant that the boys own, like stuffing his face with body parts that he doesn't know are body parts. And he's like, hot damn this is the best veggie burger I ever had in my life. He thinks he's vegetarian. <laughs> and then it cuts back to him and his voice is suddenly like, well, boys, I need to have a serious talk with you. Like his voice changes <laughs> every time he's on screen. It makes no sense. Uh, oh my God. And then the di the dialogue is just so crazy. There's an excellent line: um, uh, a, a, a woman who fights back against being murdered by the brothers or the nephews is suddenly really good at karate, but then she dies. And then the guy she was making out with on the beach says, "I was horny, and now she's dead." <laughs> <laughs> so it's just the most '80s 
schlock shit ever, but in like the most surreal and fun way possible. So would you keep this in your movie collection, Eric? I, I insist on it because everyone <laughs> needs to watch this so I can feel less insane. Like not, the way it's edited, it's like seven different movies in one and slapped together in this really slapdash way. And it's like, again, it defies description. I am not doing it justice. It is the most insane movie I've ever seen. Uh, what would you like to say to me? I'm the one who gave you this movie. I had to make sure you sell this. You know, it, I was mad at first because, like, it opens up It opens up with, like, a, a satanic panic kind of warning. Like, and I think now that I've seen it, that was part of their – they were trying to with – with the Reagan thing, they were trying to make fun of conservative 80s. You fell for the this is a true story. Yeah. <laughs> it was like – it was like – the movie is, like, clearly taking shots at, like, Nancy Reagan sort of conservative puritanical culture. And I think that's why this is as violent and psychotic as it is, but also silly and gratuitous sex and yeah, just nonsensical dialogue and performances. But nothing wrong uh, with that. Yeah, um, I, I want to say thank you because <laughs> excuse me, I thought you were really going to give me something like I gave Pat something that's just disturbing and and will like linger with me under my skin for a while. But like I, we're really I overblowing how how upset I was by uh, my pick. We'll get to this uh, in a minute. <laughs> the, the, tra- the trailer alone for your movie, Pat, like gave me nightmares. But um, uh, I watched it with my girlfriend Noel. We were ha- we had a hoot hoot. It was like the funniest movie we had seen. It's a great time. it's a great date movie. In fact, I was gonna give you something way worse than that, like splatter splatter worthy type. But this shit. is splatter. Like this is a extremely wet and messy movie, and like the kills are so over the top that it becomes yeah. cartoonish. Yeah, I I think that it reminds me of a trauma movie in tone, the, the long like all the way, but. I felt like this would be funny. And in fact, I had literally just seen it the morning before I gave you guys, you know, we said, okay, let's give our, let's, let's give our movies out. So it was literally like the last minute. Cause I was going to give you a different movie and I'm going to save it for next year. So I'm not going to tell you, but, <laughs> um, but the, you know, I was like, Eric has to see this. It's literally, it's on Hulu. If you guys don't know, actually Dom, what did you see wreck uh, legally or illegally? Oh, uh, it's, it's like a weird Spanish extension channel on Amazon Prime that I have to remind myself to cancel. Oh, uh, <laughs> the classic, the classic. So, yeah, I'll keep this for six days, sure. Speaking of which, I have to cancel Cinemax. Thank you for reminding me of this. I had to do the, I had to do the cancel and request a refund because I canceled it two days late today. Oh, my God. I they they, the- they oh. gave me the refund, though. They knew why I was navigating to the very specific page <laughs> under my account. They said psycho. And they said you really psycho. <laughs> All the psycho. Okay, so Pat, you're up now. Tell us your movie and tell us what it's about without spoilers. Okay, uh, that is easy because it's not really about anything. Um, it is uh, 1989's Santa Sangre by uh, Alejandro Jodorowsky, uh, who is a pretty. Um, I mean, he's a surrealist avant-garde type of guy. Uh, I've seen three of his movies before, um, El Tapo, The Dance of Reality, and a movie that I think is the one of his that most people have seen, which is The Holy Mountain, which uh, had a big resurgence in in the early 2010s because of uh, a documentary called Jodorowsky's Dune and how much um, the Yeezus tour was based on uh, Holy Mountain. So I think a lot of people will be familiar with Jodorowsky from that. Anyway, um, Santa Sangre is about a young boy 
uh, raised in a circus uh, with troubled uh, circus folk parents and kind of the strange uh, path uh, of life that that sets him down. Uh, like a lot of other Jodorowsky movies, it's kind of told variously through present day stuff and then flashback stuff. That you don't really know if it's um, real or uh, and real and fantasy or a dream sequence and just just that. Um, they're gory. Uh, I think I texted you guys in the first like five minutes of the movie. Uh, there is, uh, you know, a parade, a circus, somebody's <laughs> in an asylum he, who looks like Jesus. He's got a bird tattoo on his chest. Uh, there's a dwarf. There's a woman covered in tattoos. There's a knife thrower. Uh, a woman has no arms. Uh, and this, this is the same movie. This is all the same movie. Uh, and these stories kind of pop in and out over the course of two hours. Um, but it's filled with like really magnificent uh, sets and uh, production if uh, there's little plot to understand. Okay, so what do you think is the best part about the movie? Um, I would say the best part about the movie to me was the, uh, probably the circusy stuff. Um, it was kind of the, the, kind of the circus blend with, the movie's written by uh, Claudio Argento. Oh, okay. Is, yeah. Uh, so who wrote uh, and produced a lot of movies with his brother, Dario Argento. Uh, so it was kind of cool to see. I think my favorite part about it was it being the fourth of the Yodorowsky movies I've seen. It had a little bit of Gallo in it because of uh, the, uh, the Jonathan Nolan of the Argento brothers being involved. Uh, so it was, it was cool to see that. Um, and I, yeah, that being with that with the circus thing, I think set it apart from some of the other Yodorowsky stuff I've seen. Um, what are the worst parts about this movie? Uh, there, one of the defining moments of uh, the main character's life is seeing an elephant who works for the circus uh, die kind of slowly because the circus can't take care of it. Uh, it's very troubling, obviously. Um, I think the other problem with it is the problem that I have with just Jodorowsky's movies in general, where I love them. I love how uh, expansive they are uh, and how much ground they cover and how I've kind of undersold just how many batshit moments are in this movie of like shorts, like vignette kind of moments, just like insane imagery of uh, down and out people, circus people, everything, ghosts, everything you can imagine. You're not the, spoiling anything at all. You're leaving nothing. Well, <laughs> it's, nothing. I'm not, I'm not, you. Jodorowsky's like unspoilable. Yeah. I haven't described <laughs> what the movie's like at all. <laughs> uh, but I, but because of having all this stuff in it, I think they all tend to be a little bloated. I, they're all around two hours, and I think if they were all closer to maybe an hour forty, they'd be which Argento movies tend to be, and that's how it makes the fact that they're all kind of homogenous a little more stomachable. I think the problem Yodorowsky has is although the production value is kind of unlike literally anyone else who makes movies and has ever made movies, uh, he goes for it like nobody else. Uh, but just it, it, a little less overall, just maybe yeah. 20 minutes less. Will you keep this movie in your collection? Yeah, I mean, just kind of as a Yodorowsky fan, I, I would, which is why, like, it, it, is, it is crazy, and some of it is kind of harrowing to watch just because he doesn't give a shit about how grisly some of it is, even when it's not literally grisly in terms of gore. Yeah. Um, but I like his movies a lot, so I, I would have watched this at some point, whether it was assigned to me or not. What will you say to Eric or what do you have to say to Eric? So I, I will say, I'll give the third thank you in a row. Wow. 
Wow, everybody's three, friends. We thank you. So I, 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 yeah, I have a feeling the cycle is about <laughs> to break. It confirms my theory. All men are friends. <laughs> <laughs> Eric with the timely AC Frey. I haven't seen that video in such a long, long time. That was the launch pad. That was the launch pad for the boy. So um, I guess someone else could take over. I got no, you. Who wants to take over a host really quick so I can do? Yeah, let, let's let Eric do it. Yeah, Eric, okay. you have the questions there? Yeah, I got them loaded up. Right. All right, Mr. Davis, uh, <laughs> tell us what your movie's about without spoiling the twist. Okay, so I was uh, gifted, if you will, by Dom, Red Christmas from 2016, directed by Craig Anderson. This is an Australian horror movie starring Dee Wallace. She's American, very odd. Uh, it is, <clears throat> without spoiling it, oh my God. It is a slasher movie that is about, oh my God. <laughs> How could I not spoil it? Because <laughs> you kind of have to talk about. I feel like you kind of have to spoil it for this one. I'll get to it when I, when I get to like my, my overall description of the movie. It is a slasher movie that is about a family that is, that is uh, celebrating Christmas. Um, and basically everyone's there. And then someone knocks on their door wearing a hood and he, he's wearing bandages all over. And he, he, he reads them a letter about someone who murdered a bunch of people at an abortion clinic. And it goes from there. There you go. Interesting. Uh, is it, so is it like home invasion-y? Uh, yes, it is, it is. It's home invasion-esque. Very grindhouse, I'd say, also. It's, it's very much like Last House on the Left-esque as far as just like ex, how exploitative it is. Um, I feel like it, it is it is very exploitative in a lot of ways. There's actually an actor who has Down syndrome in the movie. And at first I thought that it was a really cool choice to show that, you know, you know, the 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 mother, Dee Wallace, who was in so many horror movies, she was an E.T. She was a mom in E.T. Um, she, you know, that that she, you know, had children that weren't always normal. I think in movies you always have children that are so normal and they never have problems. I think that's why I like movies like Orphan. Remember Orphan and the daughter was, the daughter was blind? Um, I thought that was cool because it showed the, the, that not everyone had to be perfect. But then you find out in the movie that the Down syndrome thing is yet again another linchpin to something way more problematic, to say the least. <laughs> uh, off mic, Dom was hinting at certain things. I think, I'm looking at Dom's reaction to this. It's hilarious. Oh, yeah. It, it, Pretty it, bad. Pretty bad. It's it's bad. It's it's really bad. The 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 sense of well, keep going, Eric. Keep going. Yeah. Uh, so, what was the best part to you? D. Wallace is the best part. I feel like if this movie had just had all Australian actors, it probably wouldn't have hit. I think that because she's so well versed at being a screen queen, so to speak, that she could handle this role with a lot of, 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 of flair. And they even allow her to get some pretty badass moments toward the end and throughout the movie as well. Um, I, I really liked the family dynamic. I thought that it felt real in, in a lot of ways. I thought it, it, it was really well done. Um, but it's definitely D. Wallace altogether as the MVP. I, I think for as many like kills as there are in the movie, there are probably only about two effective ones. A lot of them are like either done off screen or shown like completely off camera 
uh, or shown at a different angle that there's one kill where someone is like literally split in half and you don't see it, but there's other kills where you see it. And I, I guess that goes into the, the low budget um, factor of this movie. It's very low budget. It's in one location. There's no other locations. It's like all in one spot. Nice. And the worst part. <laughs> where do we start? Where do we start? I'm, I'm going to go ahead and just spoil it because I don't think anyone should see this movie. Um, I think that this movie is a anti-abortion PSA. To put it bluntly, it is anti-abortion. The twist of the movie is that the actual, <clears throat> the killer is, I think his name's Cletus or something like that. He is actually D. Wallace's character. She had aborted her, he, she had tried to abort him before the explosion, the aforementioned explosion where the person killed all those people. He was like almost literally like born. I think it was implied that he was actually like fully formed by the time that she tried to abort him and the explosion happened. And essentially he basically getting revenge on that because she aborted him and she only aborted him. Remember I said about the down syndrome child, she aborted him because she found out that he had down syndrome. And so she aborted him. This is a very manipulative movie. It is. And Dom can, can, can join in on this. It is definitely one of the most, automatically when i when when you hear the abortion part during the letter you're like okay weird and, detail. yeah it was it was a weird detail to had to add there i was like okay cool but you know i'm still fucking with it it's very mysterious about 30 minutes 45 minutes in she says the the story about her aborting the other child and you get more you're 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 peppered in more information as the story goes along and you realize that he they are killing everyone that is for pro-choice or everyone that, that is, 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 it is quite literally a republic it's acb's wet dream is ACB's first screenplay i was gonna say did uh did kevin sorbo produce this it, <laughs> insane um the the per, i can't I, I don't remember the actor's name who has down syndrome he has a very like and let me just let me just tell you other than d wallace's movie's terrible so everything else is terrible just to answer the question but um he has a scene where and it's tough to even say this. It's, it's very much like I, I, it disturbed me. He manages to wrestle away a gun and he finds, he finds out somehow that he was about to be aborted or, or he thinks he was about to be aborted. And he literally looks at the camera almost and says, mommy, why did you abort me? Why are you always killing your children? And Jesus I was like, Christ. I was like yeah. fuck this movie all the way. So toward the end, literally everyone in the family is killed except for the baby who was not aborted. There was a, oh, one of the family members is pregnant, by the way. So throughout the whole movie, she is going through labor. She has the child and the child is the only thing left uh, standing at the end is the baby. Interesting. Yeah. Dom, what were your feelings on, on this movie? I, I know that. <laughs> so, okay. I do want to, I do want to apologize in that when I suggested it, I was like looking through different movies that like, okay, what can I say to Justin hasn't seen? And when I saw this on, I think it was like on Prime or whatever, I was like, oh, I remember watching this and it sucking. And I remember it sucking in a specific way, but I didn't remember what that way was. I just knew that it was like really shitty because I, a couple, whenever this came out, I was covering some horror movie festival for like a website. And it was one of those like paid by the blurb deals. So I accepted like 10 screeners or something. I watched like 10 not very good horror movies in like a 36 hour span. And this was one of them. So when I was watching it, I was already pretty like lulled and like dulled like my senses. So I was like, oh, okay, slasher, this 
So then inside the house, like the whole additional abortion bit just flew right over my head. I was even thinking about it. But when it gets to the part of the movie where you realize like, oh man, someone figured out how to make an anti-abortion slasher movie and they're like proud of it. Like, you know, they thought they did something really cool with the genre. Mm-hmm. It's just, it's real rough. It's real rough. Yeah, wa- watching the trailer, sorry, watching the trailer, like usually conservative, like um, like faith-based movies or like these weird reactionary right-wing movies don't try to Trojan horse in their message. They're very- No, it's right up front. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, right up front. So when I watched the trailer that Dom sent to the group chat, I was like, oh, this looks like just like a, like a sort of like torture porn, maybe just gore fest home invasion movie so the fact they like they trojan horsed in like yeah uh opus day uh you know pat's pat's people catholic shit um (laughs) that's that's gnarly man that's yeah that's that's manipulative and gross and and it's fash that's fash baby it's a gross movie and it's funny to see the reviews on this movie saying if you're a little sensitive it might not work for you and i was just like a little fucking sensitive this is terrible like some of the review like specifically IndieWire. i saw a variety review that gave it a positive score there are a lot of outlets that were basically going with the but this movie again it was a different time 2016 was a different time sickos dedicated to bipartisanship over actually having an opinion it, it, I feel it, like this movie would have been real big on like Rebeller if it stuck around at all. Like this would have been <laughs> like something that someone would have gotten like a three thousand word retrospective on. Yeah, um. <laughs> it, it's it's bad. I mean, even even you know, I, I think that once I found out the general conceit of the movie, it took me out to the point where I was like, I didn't care about the chase scenes, I didn't care about the kills. I I you kind of they they kind of um, show off really where the movie's going i mean there there's a part where the where d wallace shoots the kid with down syndrome on accident hmm. <laughs> with a shotgun who made this s craig s craig Zoller? <laughs> no but somebody named craig did make it i think actually yeah craig anderson his first name is craig i actually it sounds it sounds like the uh craig Zoller version of this movie would actually be a little more aware and a little less offensive he would just cast mel gibson in true. it but the movie would overall be like 30 percent less offensive that's <laughs> probably true i um i wouldn't keep this in my collection not at all <laughs> i i, I, I Sorry, what do you have to say to Dom, though? We got a fight. Uh, <laughs> I can charter your flight after COVID. Yeah, I'm going to be in Virginia. We can meet in Richmond. Uh, <laughs> I'm going to be there in December. We can, we can let this thing. But no, really, it, it was eye-opening. I thought, I think that Dom unknowingly, I remember saying, like, nothing's been worse than Antebellum this year. Like that I've seen at least this month. I wanted to test you. Yeah. yeah, it was. I would watch Antebellum twice over, uh, over this movie, and it's twice as long. So, um, yeah, that was Red Christmas, and uh, that was Secret Jack O' Lantern for the year, fellas. We made it through another October. Thank you guys for listening. I think this has been one of our, our most successful months of scary flicks. We watched the Hatchet series. We rewatched Saw. And we watched some great. You guys had way more fun movies. <laughs> this was a, this was a really good roundtable of of movies, like three solid movies, and then a total wild card. I and in fact, the trick was on me this year. Yeah, yeah, you guys, because <laughs> I I do this so that we can be mean to each other, and then I. <laughs> Everyone had fun, but you. And everyone had fun with it, but I got fucked over this year. It's fucked up. You fucked got a rock. You got a rock. 
That's fucking good, Jackie Lanner, to own the libs, baby. Oh my god! But as we wind down, uh, I, I think it goes without saying that all four of us are very, very interested and very passionate about what is going to be happening in the next couple of days. So I think it is worth saying, even if you don't know, and this is your first time listening, or you listen to us every other week on the RNC Watch channel, how important election day is going to be. Uh, I mean, and I can shoot it to anybody else if, if you want to just say like a quick thing, but like, it's, it's very important. And you know, I just want to say that we have this platform to tell people how important it is, especially locally, especially where you're, where you're at and where you're from to not let shit like what's been happening for the past couple of years happen again. Uh, please make sure you show up, whether it be in person, whether you're dropping both ballots off, stop mailing them in it, it that passed three days ago, please go make your voice heard and vote. I'm pretty sure everyone can agree with me on that. Yeah. yeah I mean, I think a, a lot of the problems you see at the top start where, uh, you know, where it's, I mean, it's honestly, it's almost harder to get informed about local stuff sometimes, um, especially depending on where you live. Um, I think honestly, you know, do, do what you uh, believe is right uh, with, with when it comes to actually casting a vote. Uh, but know also that it's ultimately uh, just one step in a, a very arduous process. Uh, the, hardest step of which is uh, becoming and staying informed. Uh, that's as important as anything else. Uh, and you, as the adage goes, you can start uh, in your own backyard. Uh, and we're really seeing that, uh, I mean, all over the country. So local politics is national politics and get involved in mutual aid in your neighborhood. Um, so regardless of what happens when the vote come of the out, outcome of the voting turns out, you have, uh, institutions and structures in place that you know will protect the most vulnerable in your neighborhood so there's always going to be more to uh be we're, don't you, know, you can't be done being upset after uh after tuesday or whatever can't get fooled again yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs> as, as our last great president said if uh <laughs> If Biden does win, which I think everyone here, we all want that to happen, whether or not we're excited about him being president is a different story, but uh, just don't, don't go back to burying your head in the sand. Don't go back to brunch. There's no brunch. Don't be a brunch. I mean, brunch is fine, but don't be a back to brunch person. Yeah, don't be a back to brunch person because that's how we got here in the first place. Uh, keep fighting. Stay yeah. vigilant. That's my message. Absolutely. Uh, thank you all. We will be back in two weeks. Actually, yeah, two weeks. No, th this was an off week, so we need to yeah, be back. We'll, we'll figure it out. We need to be back by next week. Actually, whoops. Uh, we'll 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 know what you'll you'll know what the movie is when we do. Uh, so <laughs> uh, <laughs> for Dom, Pat, and Eric, I'm Justin. Uh, for late fee, signing off. We'll see you guys later. Uh, wash wash your hands. Wear a mask. You know the usual the usual spiel, and make sure your ass is voting. Preferably, if you live in the California area, voting no on Prop 22. But you know. Yeah. Yes on 15, no on 22. Yeah, yes on 15, no on 22. Vote Nithya. Uh, you know, if you're fucking with it, we here. Uh, and we'll see you guys next week. Peace. Peace. Peace.